is no big deal. The father's still like, I still need you to continue to do what you're supposed to do. One of the greatest miracle services I was ever in in my life was with dad, Kenneth E. Hagen. And it was at Creflo Dollars Church in College Park. House was packed, 20,000 people. There was a rainstorm. You could hear the rain hitting the roof. And then all of a sudden, you heard a pow. And lightning had hit the transformer. And all the power in the church went out. Now, 20,000 people. But do you know what they did in the midst of it? Praise God. I mean, you heard such a roar of praise to God. That's good, Lord. He said they never lost focus. They never got distracted about what was going on. There was a roar of praise. And all of a sudden, wham, the lights came back on. Now, no one else on the street had power except that church. Why am I telling you that? When the power went off, we didn't panic. We didn't get, didn't get all ruffled. Oh, Lord, we got to cut the service off. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Oh, the pot roses on. Lord, what are we going to do? No, what do we do? Stay focused. See, that's the, different, that's, that's the mentality of of a Marine. And that's also the mentality of an elite warrior for the kingdom of God. You got to stay locked in. When everybody else is distracted, when everybody else is going back to what they used to do, when everybody else is concerned about this, about that, you locked in focus. Why? Because your assignment didn't change just because you ended up in a trial situation or temptation. Your situation is still the same. Your assignment is still the same. So you got to lock in and never get so familiar with God that you don't reverence him. And see, what happens is, is we, as people in the body of Christ, and because we're so familiar with God, and we have, you know, we have a relationship with God, we never want to get so familiar with him that we don't reverence him. I mean, there are, if you go back in the Bible and read the, the prophets and read with the priest and the king and the people, they would have died to be able to do what we're able to do freely. We can interact with the Father. It don't matter. You ain't got to be a priest. You ain't got to be a prophet. You ain't got to be a king. And you can still just go boldly to his throne. And we want to enter into, we want to bring everything to him. And once we cross over that threshold, whatever was going on in your life, whatever was going on in your life, because it's like the priest, when a priest goes into the holy, you know what a priest does when he goes into the holy, holy? He drops everything else off. At the outer court, the sacrifice. He lays it all at the altar. Remember, I know Doug and I talked about this a lot of times about Romans 12, 1. It says, I present my body to you a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, Lord, which is my reasonable service. In other words, Lord, I'm making a decision to present myself to you today. I'm a sacrifice. Use me however you choose. So when we cross over the threshold, we are laying before prostate before the father at the altar and everything else is blocked out that's why we went to go tell the people don't worry about the power the father said look around there's still power in the, in the just just look for the power did y'all hear that did y'all catch that just look for the power because this power is still available it's still there. 
So you try this source, that didn't work. Try that source, that didn't work. Try that source, that didn't work. Bam! Oh, oh, got power. What do you do? Hey, I don't need y'all to do anything else. We still got power. Are you listening to me? You can't get distracted. That's what I'm saying. You can't get so familiar with the things of God that we never, we don't reverence to God because I mean, the lovely is here. And I can be like, you know what, baby, we should just go to the house, you know, looking fine. But no, assignment still stays the same. And see, this is what we're training you. To, the assignment is the same. You're good. The assignment is the same. It's the same. It's the same. Don't get distracted because there's all kind of noise going on around you right now to try to get you off track so you can't affect the people you're called to affect. You got to stay focused. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to stay focused. 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 Why? Because that's good, Holy Spirit. That's good. That's good. Isaiah 61 says, arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For there is dark, uh, darkness shall come upon the uh, earth and gross darkness shall come upon the people. But the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon you and it shall be seen in you. Now, if you got the glory of the Lord on you, you got the glory of the Lord in you. And there's gross darkness going on all around you. What did it say? It says, and their kings will turn to the light. Turn to what light? The light of the glory that's on the inside of you. But if you out there, hey, everything is beautiful and you... Lost in the sauce and you off doing whatever. Guess what's, what's going to happen? You're not going to be able to help the very people you were sent to help. Because you said, everything is beautiful. Get over it. See, I'm anointed to say it. I ain't scared of it. I tell you the truth, even if you don't like it. Hug you on your way out and give you a swat kick if you need one. In the name of Jesus. Are you ready for the word today? Yeah. Okay, hold on now. Are y'all ready for the word today? All right, then. All right, then. You know what? You know what I learned about the Father. Who the Father loves, He helps to adjust. If He don't help you to adjust, man, you in trouble. I'm trusting the Father. I'm trusting the Father. Y'all trusting the Father? You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We do apologize for the technical difficulties that experienced this morning, but God said, don't give up, don't cave in and quit. He says, because this that he says this is going to be the greatest illustration of the message that he gave us today was what just happened. Situations, tests, and trials will come. Stuff will happen. It's not the fact that stuff is not going to happen, it's what are you going to do when stuff happens? What you gonna do? What you going to do when it comes for you? I make this declaration. We're going to pray and we're going to jump right in. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Thank you, Lord. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, and to comfort all who mourn. And to comfort all who mourn. Are y'all hearing that? And to comfort all who mourn. Glory to God. To appoint unto them, uh, to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Who's supposed to be glorified? The Father. Who's supposed to be glorified? The Father. So anytime he uses you to do anything for him, don't take the glory. You sure preached a good message. I sure did, did it. Glory to God. I'm on popping today, boy. I'm, oh, Lord. No. All glory be to God. Man, you spoke a word that changed my life. <laughs> to God be the glory. You want to know why? Because you're pointing everybody back to him and you're giving him all the praise. It's good that people recognize it. But at the end of the day, well, I, Jesus taught me this lesson. Don't get high on your own supply. In other words, don't get high off the fact that people are talking good about you because you one sermon away from them jokers turning their back on you. Saying, I ain't never going back there. I feel the Lord calling me to go somewhere else. That ain't the Lord. That's gas, bad pizza, and you offended. Is that right, Rita? Rita tell you. She's seen it, right? Not her. Not her. She's, I'm just using her example. She's seen people who have gotten offended. People have gotten offended. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. All righty then. Okay, buckle up, Buttercup. To appoint unto the morning Zion to give unto beauty for ash oil, a joy for the uh, garment of praise. Uh, garment of, for the garment of praise, this, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities. The desolation of many generations. Pray with Pray with me. We pray today every yes father i'm asking every offended heart for members who are in the body of christ every offended heart for the members of see the father says the number one weapon that the adversary is using against the body of christ the number one weapon he's using to to kill, steal, and destroy from you is offense. Because when you get offended, you when you're offended, you become guarded. When you become offended, your heart can become hardened. When you become offended, it's easier for you to betray somebody else because the person that you once held close and dear to you, now you have at a 10-foot pole interest. And everything they say and do is wrong. Everything. It don't matter. You left the toilet seat on purpose, up on purpose so I could fall in. That's why you did it. Now, I'm going to tell you, we was out somewhere yesterday, 
And I walked, I walked into the, I walked into the washroom. I said, the guy who just walked, used this washroom must be single. Cause a married man would know, put the seat down before you leave out. But when you get offended, your heart becomes hardened, not only to the person you are offended with, but your heart becomes hardened to God because now you won't hear from him. Ah, I ain't trying to do ah, forgive. God kick bricks. I ain't forgiving that joker. They knew exactly what they did. They should have known better. And if I, oh Lord, if I wasn't saved, I would have said some more cuss words other than the cuss words I used when I seen them the last time. And every time you've seen them, every time you hear their even hear, y'all ever heard somebody's name who, who who upset you? You just heard their name and it just peed you off, peed you. You oh. Don't even mention that person's name in my presence. You, any of y'all ever been that seriously offended with somebody before? Come on, be honest with me. I have. I don't, don't even spell their name around me. Don't even, don't even bring somebody whose name is just like theirs around me. Because when you say their name, it just reminds me of them. It just, it, anybody going to be 100? And he says the number one tool that the enemy is using against the local body of Christ is offense. Because then you will betray them. It's easier for you. You know what the word betray? Turn your back on them. Judas didn't betray Jesus until Judas got offended by something Judas said. Remember. He was talking about the woman who was washing Jesus' feet with the, with the, with the hair and with the oil. And then she was like, Jesus was like, you know, leave her. Because they was like, why did he, she wasting this oil on his feet? We could have sold that oil for all this money. Judas did not care about the people. Judas was a thief. Think about this. Jesus had a thief on the payroll handling the money. Jesus, okay, I'm going to say that again because y'all think y'all super saints. Jesus had a thief on the payroll and his name was Judas. And he was responsible for giving out money to everybody. But Judas was, you know, cut, tearing him off a little bit of something, put a little something in his pocket, tearing him off a little something, put a little bit of money. Judas, Judas' pocket was popping. So when, he said, when Jesus said that to him, everybody, when he said, leave her alone, you know, the poor... You will have with you always. Do you know what that word poor really means? He's not talking about just financially poor. He's talking about you could be poor in spirit. You could be poor in health. You could be poor in relationships. In other words, the people who if a person is poor in an area, just giving them money or food or supplies only helps them for that day. Because guess what's going to happen? Tomorrow, if they haven't changed the way that they think, if they don't change the way that they respond to situations, if they don't change the way that they act, guess what? They're still going to be poor. Even after you, you can give them a million dollars. Anybody ever seen somebody win a, win a lottery? Within five years, they're broken in the first set of the Ten Commandments. Why? Because although they had all that money, they did not, their mindset never changed. They still had a poverty mentality.
So Jesus was like, the poor you're going to have with you always. Even if you give them all this money in a day, if you don't change the way that they think, if they don't come in line with the kingdom of God and begin understand the kingdom of God is not just just the justice side, but there's, uh, but there's also the righteous side of it. If you don't understand that there's two pieces to that pie, if you only operate in the righteousness side, but never operate in the justice side, guess what? You still only got half the pie. So Judas got offended. And it, it, the word says, as soon as he got offended, what happened? The advocate shot that thought in his mind. You should betray that joker right now. Because the chief priest was always trying to find a way to get it in on how to, betray, how to get Jesus. Guess what? The adversary is going to try to use you to do the exact same thing, to try to get it in to you so he can take out your spouse, to take out your children, to take out your pastors and leaders, your, your employers. He only needs a crack. This is not, this is the message that somebody prayed for today. Because I get my notes. So offense. And then once you become offended, you will betray that person. And if you don't deal with it, you will get to the point where you literally hate that person. I've seen it happen in the United States. President Trump. People hated the man so much that they bypass all their reasoning, all the things that the Bible says, the whole nine yards. Am I talking about, I, I mean, everybody has issues. So this is not a, this not a pro Trump. This is just a message to the level to which people can hate an individual that they bypass all their scruples and they make a decision to to uh, vote or do whatever one way, not because they totally disagree with the platforms, but because they hate an individual so bad. And then, after they make the decisions that they made, just like Judas, and they see the repercussions behind the decisions that they made, which they haven't even seen them yet, but they're about to, it's already started. Then they realize, well, hell, I didn't want that. Well, when the father was trying to tell you, don't go that direction, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate. And as a believer, hate should never be in your heart towards anyone other than the adversary. You should never tell another person you hate them. I hate you, but I love you, Lord, and I leave my vote. He's like, save it. That's not true. Lord, you know I love you. No, that's not true. How do you know? First John 4 says this. How can you say you love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother who you see every day? He says the love of God is not in you. You might have a love. Ooh, that's, ooh, that's a good word. Oh, that's a good word. Oh, I know somebody just got punched right there. Don't cut me off now. It's too late. You already heard it now. It's too late. It's too late. 
Have I ever been offended? Yes. Have I ever been offended with people uh, who were close to me? Yes. Have I ever been offended with a pastor or a leader? Yes. Can I tell you? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Y'all ready? Buckle up. One Sunday, years, years ago, I was offended by something that the I went to go talk to the leaders about something, and as, as opposed to listening to what it is I said, you, that I got chastised. But you know how I got, I got chastised in the office, but then I got chastised again. Nobody knew, but I knew I got chastised from the pulpit. Because the word was coming up, but I mean, it was all, only the people who were in that conversation would have known, but nobody else knew. But this is what I said. I told my friends who was because I was already offended. I mean, I wasn't a little offended. I mean, I was a whole lot offended. This is my last Sunday. This is before I even heard the message because I was already offended for the meeting I had the days before. This is my last Sunday. I already know where I'm going to church at next week. And they like, where? I ain't telling y'all because the Lord didn't tell y'all. The Lord told me. Then the Lord didn't tell you. I know none of y'all. I was, I was offended. So I'm sitting on the back. I'm going to tell you how. This is how I know when people are offended. When they first come to the church, they sit on the front row. Glory to God. Oh, I just can't get enough of it. Ooh, and then you say something they don't like. Then they move back a couple rows. Mm, and they still anointed, but, uh, you know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then... They ain't dealt with the offense. You know what? I feel the Lord telling me. Mm, my season is over here. Mm. And mm, yeah, I'm, would you say, Lord, move back to the front, back row? Okay, Lord. So you, now you know, because they're more offended. So the further away, the more offended they are, the further away from the spout they get. The more offended they are, the further away from the light they get. And they get all the way back on, oh, 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 oh Lord, I, I, I'm almost there, Jesus. Ooh, the Lord gave me this vision. You want to read this vision with me? The Lord gave me because he said, I time here. Now, the week before, you just said, Pastor, I'm with you through thick and thin. Lord, I'm with you, sir. I see the vision. I see my place in the vision. But you offended. Now you don't move back to the third row. You don't move back to the fifth row. You don't move now the seventh row. Now you're on the seventh row. Now I'm gonna tell you, I was at the very back of the church. I'm gonna tell you how far, how far offended back I was. I was on the last row, on the last seat, on the last end. I was one. I was two steps outside the door. But then, then I'm sitting there and they start preaching. They preaching, and I know they tagging me. They hit me left, right, and center. And guess what? The more they talk, the madder I got. Oh, you, oh, 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 really? Oh, really? And now, on my seat, I sit there, I'm sitting nice and poised. But on the inside, oh, real, oh, yeah, ooh, if I wasn't saved right now, mm, I would give you a piece of my mind, right? This is what's going on on the inside, on it, but on the outside, bringing in the sheets. <laughs> so I'm sitting back there, and I said, that's it. Yeah, Lord, this is what I said. 
See, Lord, that confirms the word right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I knew something wasn't right about them. Lord. Eh, eh, th eh, eh. Thank you, Lord, for exposing them to me, Lord. You know what he said? You he didn't even say it nice. He didn't be like, this might be a good time to forgive. You forgive right now. I forgive. What about them? You forgive right now. Lord, I forgive. He's like, nope. He said, you forgive from your head and your heart. Ooh, my flesh is screaming. This is when you find out if you really love the Lord. Lord, by faith, I forgive from my head and my heart. And then the Holy Spirit says, and say you have you hold no art against them. Ooh. And I hold no art against them. And say that you will bless them when opportunity comes. And Lord, I will bless them if opportunity comes. He said, now say it again. I choked on the words the first time, but okay, here we go. Lord, I choose to forgive from my, from my head and my heart, and I hold no odd against them, and I will bless them if opportunity. Man, when I said that the second time, this is what happened. He took my backpack. I didn't realize I had a backpack, but he took my backpack of all the offense I had towards them. And he touched my heart and turned it. Literally, I mean, I'm still sitting in this. This, is, this ain't like minutes. This is like, and I have opportunity, I will be a blessing. Wham, wham. Just like that. Now, same person's preaching. But now my heart is no longer holding offense. Now my heart is no longer holding bitterness. Now my heart is no longer holding resentment. And guess what? It wasn't like that day I got offended a few days but I mean, that was stuff had been building up, building up, building up, building up, building up. Build. And so by the time I got to that meeting, I was already primed. I mean, all you had to just flick me. And I, whoa, whoa, I mean, you know. Now I'm saved, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word, serving in some areas of ministry, but I'm offended. But when I let God really touch it, I mean, actually, I didn't really let it. Well, I did, but initially I didn't. Because he wanted to fix it, but I'm like, no. I got a right. 
because they they know better. They should know better than treat me like this. After all the stuff I don't do, you know, y'all husbands and wives, y'all know. After all I don't do for him, I don't clean his little nest, his socks, and picked up his shoes and all. And he gonna talk to me like that? She got some nerve, Lord. And I don't spend all that money for her and pay all these bills and everything. Do I love her, woman? Don't you see what? Well, look at the house. You can tell I love you. What you talking about? I know none of y'all ever have moments like that. None of y'all. Glory to God. But when God, see, this is the thing. This, this, is, what, this is what drove me to repentance. Romans 5, 8 said this. God demonstrated his love towards me. And while I was yet a sinner, I totally rebelled against him. I didn't want nothing to do with him because of church folk. Because I grew up in the church. And that's why I didn't want to be a pastor. I told him I'd be a deacon. I'll sing in your choir. But that, Lord, them peoples is, how can I say it, Lord? Crazy. Crazy. Nothing, Lord. I watch my daddy, Lord. I watch that joker get up at 3 Sunday in the morning, go to the hospital, pray for them people. And the same people talked about him because he couldn't do it all the time. Oh, your boy would be a good deacon for you. But he says, because of my love for you, I sent my son to be to be a sacrifice for you. Even while you were still in your sin. You mean I don't have to get myself together? I hear people say that. Uh, I'm going to get myself right first and then I'm going to come to the Lord. If you could get yourself right, you would need the Lord. Newsflash, you can't do it without him. You can pass out all the bean pies you want to. Go ahead and, and do all the fruit offerings to, uh, to uh, Buddha you want to. All you're going to do is have a house full of fruit flies. But nothing in your situation is going to change. But God demonstrated his love towards us. All you got to do is read the book. He demonstrated it all the way back in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve, Eve was deceived, Adam openly rebelled against God. But what did God do? He went looking for them. He went looking for them. And when I was sitting on the back row, on the last seat, on the last spot, two steps from the door, I was on my way. I mean, I, I, mean, I had it planned. Doug, I, I mean, I knew what church I was going to. In fact, I visited to that church a couple of times just to make sure I was hearing from the Lord. And he told me, bloom where you're planted. See, God knew all the issues that was going to be at that church before he sent you. But he sent you anyway. God knew all the issues that were going to be at your employer before he sent you. But he sent you anyway. Why? So you can be an undercover, well, not undercover, so you can be an elite member of the, in the kingdom of God going into a situation where the kingdom of God did not operate and you begin to operate according to the kingdom of God and teach everybody else around you how to function according to the kingdom of God without going thee, the, or thou. 
just in the way that you operate. And the first area he's going to have you do it is in your love walk. We all have areas to come up in our love. I know the word for, for 2021. I got, he gave it to me the other day. I was so excited. And I want to tell y'all so bad. But when he told me how to, how you're going to, what you're going to have to do to position yourself. And that's what he's been doing all through this year. See, this year has been the year of the great awakening. Everybody's woke now. And you found out if you didn't know anything before, you found out the necessity to follow the purposes, plans, and pursuits and hunger for God like never before. This is still a year of restoration. This is still a year of revival. This is still the year, the, the years of the, the, the locusts and the cankerworms and the caterpillars and the pomworms is still being restored. This is still a year in which you're going to eat in plenty and you won't lack anything. And you will praise in the name of the, name of the Lord thy God who has done wondrously for you. And this is still the year that what that which was lost is being restored. But you got to stay in position. Stay focused. Because you got all kind of noise going on around you. We had a great opportunity yesterday. It was great uh, being able to be a blessing in the community. But we learned some stuff about the community yesterday. And we learned about the people that we interacted with yesterday. And, you know, some people, you can present opportunities for people and not everybody will receive it. Or they may say, hey, give it. I have what I need. Give it to somebody else who, who needs it more than me. But you know what God also did yesterday? Had you begin to do the work of the ministry outside the four walls. You had to talk to the people. I mean, Rita was chasing people. Hey, <laughs> Jerry just rolled up on you. <laughs> hey, I got something for you. Jerry rolled up on you like a drug. I got something for you. You want this? I got this for you. <laughs> it was funny, though. And Doug was just cool with his. Oh, we want to be a blessing to you. Go over there. And I say that not making fun. Even the lovely went out and said, hold on, give me one. I'm going to go. I'm like, watch out now. I say that not making fun. I say that because you was willing to get out of your comfort zone. And you was willing to be God's hands and his feet and his distribution center. Because one lady said yesterday, I forget, I think Doug was one that gave to her. No one, she had never experienced anything like that before in her life. And she wasn't young. She had never experienced anything like that in her life. What is that? Touching with the love of God. Touching, physically demonstrating the love of God. So what happened? Oh, y'all thought I forgot about the fence story. I know y'all was waiting like, what happened after you, you know, okay, I'm going to tell y'all what happened. Can I tell y'all what happened? The Lord not only 
took my backpack, Doug. He didn't only take my backpack. He didn't only turn my heart read up, but this is what he did. After they got, now remember, I was offended. While the person is ministering the word of God, Brother Milton, I'm like, uh oh, the Lord don't snitch on me. thinking these things towards him. Calls me to the front. Prayed in the spirit, called me to the front. I got on my, I didn't have my camis on. I had my nice gray suit with my shirt on. I mean, I was, I was sharp, Jack. I was sharp, sharp. I was sharp. I was clean. Because I'm not going to leave. I'm going to leave. It. I was clean. I go. I go. They call me to the front of the altar. I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm First John 1. Now. Father, right now I repent. If there's anything that I, I hadn't repented about before, and you ain't told. If I repent, you can't tell nobody else. I mean, you know, I had it worked out. <laughs> so I get to the front. And this is what they said. The Spirit of the Lord says this. Because you have churned your heart. Now you are in position to receive everything I have for you. Receive it. Boom. Lay hands on me. Bam. I'm laid out in my clean suit. I'm like, oh, Lord. Now, then I'm trying to get up because the usher didn't get me good. So I'm trying to get up. <laughs> but I'm so, I'm so full I'm like, um, ain't no high like a Holy Ghost high. I'm so high that I'm, I can't get up. Now I'm crawling because I can't get up in my nice suit. <laughs> I was clean in my nice shoes. I'm like, okay, Lord. And what did I say? Father, I surrender. And not too long after that, it just went promotion. What's, what prevented me? My offense. He could only deal with me to the level to which I had allowed him to work in me. See, he couldn't work through me no more. He couldn't do more through me beyond the level to which I allowed him to work in me. He had, to get, he had to get the offense. And that's what he's doing with everybody this morning. He's telling you, it's time to let it go. It's time to lay it down. You don't carry that dead horse around so much. That horse don't be turned into glue and you still carrying it around. One more time around the horse. You don't nobody knows the troubles I see. So I'm telling you, I'm telling on myself, I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, fire baptized, working and doing stuff in ministry, whole nine years, but I was offended. Now, am I calling anybody out in the house? No. So when I called Rita, I wasn't saying Rita was offended. I'm saying I called Rita because I know Rita has seen people who've been offended. We all have. We all have. Can I tell you a secret? The church is not a museum. I told a brother this yesterday. The church is not a museum of finely crafted specimens who are perfect. The church is a hospital. 
because you got jokers who got all kind of stuff going on. They come in there and they looking for help. Fix me. <laughs> Fix me. I'm crazy. We know that. That's why we're going to give you the word. It's going to wash you. People say, are you brainwashing? Absolutely. I'm going to wash that doubt right out of your head. Going to wash that fence right out of your head. Going to wash that hate right out of your head. With what? The word. Jesus said it. Now are you clean by the word that you have heard? Ephesians 5 says it too. Washing by the waters of the word. That's what a husband does with his wife. When he's speaking the word of God over her, he's washing her with the waters of the word. When the wife is speaking the word of God over her husband, she's washing him by the water of the words. The water of the word. The water of the word. Not your words. Mother, blanket, blank, blank. You ain't washing him. I will put my foot. So, hello? You're not washing them. But when you begin to speak life over them, and see, this is what Juan, Juan will tell you. If I talk to her about something once, I talk to her about something twice, it won't be a third time I'm done talking to her about Father, in the name of Jesus. And sometimes, Right? And the more I'm praying in the spirit, the softer my heart gets. Because even though I might be upset about the situation, at no point can I speak words of death over her. I still speak, walk in love. And the best thing you can do, can I give you a little shortcut? <laughs> June can tell she can tell when she don't went there praise God praise God praise God Praise God. What am I doing? God in my words. She's washed by the waters of the word, not the washed by the waters of my criticism. And when we've done it, and when we've done it, it don't take long at all. You ain't got to say nothing. All you got to do is wait on it. You know what, boo? I'm sorry. And then you be like, what you talking about, babe? Yeah. I love you. I, I, what you talking about? You know what I just did. Baby, I made it. Will you forgive me? I made a decision to forgive you before you ever came back to me. What are you doing? Guarding your heart against offense. This is supposed to be like a Christmas message or something, right? Y'all was expecting Jingle Bells and Rudolph and, and Frosty the Snowman. I well, I don't apologize because this is what God said to, to give to the people today. When he says, comfort all who mourn. Last week I talked to you all about my cousin and what had happened to him and what they thought had happened to him. But man, he made the ultimate sacrifice to save others. He could have kept going and hit the tanker, 
killed himself, the other driver, and, and multiple people up, alongside him. But when he turned away and hit the bridge and stuff, he knew what was going to happen. Because there was another driver who seen it. He knew what was going to happen. But he did it anyway. And it's the same thing with, with God. God loved you so much. He knew thousands of years beforehand that you was going to be alive for such a time as this. And he had to make a way to restore the relationship between you and him before you got here. And even all the way back in the garden. When Adam and Eve had failed and bowed their knee and God was and as a result of it, they transitioned from the from the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness. God told them and the adversary. He spoke a word to them at the time. He says, and there's going to come a time when the woman is going to bring forth a child and you will bruise his heel. But he is going to crush your head. In other words, he's going to crush your authority. And thousands of years pass on. And everybody says that all the time during the Christmas season, and they talk about how, in my last couple minutes, they, they talk about, we talked about this last week, declaring the end from the very beginning. He says this in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. And we all preach this and shout about this at Christmas time. But this is the mission Jesus had. This was hundreds of years before he ever showed up. For unto us, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government, the kingdom, will rest on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, and there will be no end to the increase of his kingdom. Or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish it. So Jesus was prophesied all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. And prophet after prophet after prophet, everybody was prophesying, prophesying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And when he comes, Isaiah says, and when he comes, this is what he's going to do. And what did he do? He came and he shed his blood on Calvary's tree. And he says, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And he came to restore the kingdom. And he came to restore us back into right relationship with him. And he came and looked past all your faults and all your failures and all your flaws. And he laid his life down on Calvary's tree just so that you might have life in abundance to the full until it overflows the God kind of life that God had prepared from the foundation of the world for you and for me. So why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we celebrate the birth of Jesus? Because Jesus was not born on December 25th. Let's put that out there. He wasn't born on December 25th. More like he was born in the fall. Why do we celebrate it? Because we, we could celebrate it on June 25th. You like to. We want to celebrate Christmas. We should celebrate Christmas every day. Because even when we was offended by what the word was, when we, were, when we was out there being cool, thought we was cool, acting like a fool, 
we was out there in the world and we would get offended at the word or some church folk. God looked past all that and sent Jesus for you and I anyway to restore you back into right relationship with him. Now you got to make a decision when you receive it because he won't force it on you. And I know this was not the message that I originally planned to give this morning, but between leaving the house and getting here this morning and getting in, in everything that went on this morning, this is what he said, this is what I needed you to give them. So, I told a brother yesterday about the church was a hospital, not a museum. Everybody has issues. I'm a pastor. I know I got issues. We all got issues. How do you know you got an issue? Because the word of God says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident in this very thing, that he which begun a good work of me will continue with it until the day of Jesus Christ, which means there's still some work that he's still going to be doing. So if he's like, I have arrived, you're lying to me and you're everybody else around you. We need to cast that lying devil off of you. There's nothing wrong with the fact that you had an issue. It's the fact that once he puts his finger on your issue, what you going to do? Walk out the door with it? Or are you going to lay it at the altar? Are you going to do like I did that day? Surrender to Holy Spirit? Surrender to God and obey him? Or are you going to be Concrete cranial, a.k.a. hard-headed. You don't know what they did to me. I don't care. You don't know what you did to Jesus. I'm quite sure you have done more than Jesus did. That person did to you. Think about this. The Father gave his best for you. And you say, I want that. Anybody ever had a kid at Christmas time? You gave him a toy and you spent your money on it? Your last little few dollars, and you hand it a little Bobby, I don't want that. I wanted this version. You'd be like, woo. I just see myself in a prison ministry right there. Just in a prison ministry right there. Right there. I almost caught a case right there, Lord. I just said, I almost caught. Oh, Lord. He was like, he didn't know you was real. You gave your very best. I want that. But people do that to Jesus every day. But we're going to give you an opportunity right now to, to, uh, to act on everything that you've heard this morning. So, Father, right now, if you never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you'd like to do it right now. Or you know you have offense, offense, offense. And in the first beginning, the first step of, of being delivered from offense is to actually acknowledge the fact that you had it. Don't lie to yourself. I have forgiven them. You lying? Call their name. Mother. And you own. I make it and it's as simple as this. Father, I make a decision. We'll say it all together so nobody thinks I'm calling you out. Father, I make the decision to release them, to forgive them from my heart, from my head right now. Hold nothing against them. And when given an opportunity, I will be a blessing to them. I make the exchange with you. 
I cast off this offense and put on your love. I cast off this bitterness and put on loving kindness. Where my heart is not ready to forgive, the blood of Jesus covers it. Renew my mind with your word. Touch my heart with your hand. And do in me whatever needs to be done that I may be used mightily by you. I receive it right now. I receive forgiveness for walking in unforgiveness. I release right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior before and you'd like to, it's the, it's the easiest thing you could do, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And what you're going to do is you're going to, as opposed to slapping away that gift of Jesus Christ, this Christmas season, I'm going to offer you the greatest gift of all, the gift of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ, he's the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross. And carry my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sins. I turn from them now. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. With the baptism of speaking in tongues. I receive it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you just received the greatest gift you could have received in receiving Jesus, coming into the kingdom of God, having your life turned around, becoming all that God has called you to be in the name of Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but man, I don't feel like I don't have this last month. There's been God been doing surgery on us all month long. You know why? To get you positioned. I'm telling y'all, I want to tell y'all so bad, but I'm not. All I can tell you is this year, whew, whew, not over yet. We still have 11 days. There's still some restoration that has to happen. There has to be some awakening that has to happen. Man, Lord, and put a demand on it. Father, I declare and decree I receive my restoration. I receive revival. I receive the years that the locusts have eaten, the cake and worms, the pomegranates, and the calipers. I receive it right now in the name. I take it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Now, on behalf of uh, Sister Joyne and myself, and on behalf of the, the members here in the congregation at Faithful Life Center, we want to wish you a merry, merry Christmas and a prosperous new year. Stay tuned next week because next week going to be a party, 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 as we're going to party all the way into 2021. Now, if you would like to be a blessing to the ministry, you want to sow into the ministry, just simply look on the um, 
if you're on YouTube, just look on the page and it has has an icon or up there for get it'll say give and just click on it. It'll take you to uh, tithe.ly and you can follow the instructions there to be able to give. Also, if you want to sow into the ministry, you can also do an e-transfer if you're here in Canada and you do it by way of uh, at info at faithfullifeottawa.com. That's info at faithfullifeottawa.com and it will, as soon as you put your information in, it, it goes directly into the uh, into the church's account and everything and we'll use it to be able to win more people to the Lord, to be able to be a blessing in more people. And I mean, we're, we're getting all the books, all our bookkeepers getting all the books and stuff together and we're going to tell you how much we have sown this year in the ministry. Whew, it's going to blow your mind. But that's what it's all about. God blesses us to be a blessing to other folks in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Have a safe and prosperous uh, day. And we'll see you next time. Remember, you're one decision away from the best life you could ever have.